And welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 375 for what's the date today? November 13th, 2022. My name is Nathan Reed Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Rowe McFain. Oh, you, why'd you hesitate like that? Did you forget I was, who I was? No, my brain was like, should I do Connor or, or Aroa first? And processing. Yeah, processing, processing. And I decided it's like a, I remember playing. Uh, an original Xbox NBA game where they would be like, and Connor has made the shot. <laughs> Cause it I do just, remember that. Yeah. It would always like pause for a second before it would say the name of the team or the name of the player. It was great. I always uh, remember crazy pass downtown by number 43. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They're on fire. They're doing great. The Chicago bears. <laughs> are going where they've never gone before it's it's great it, it, it's a weird brand of nostalgia it wasn't good but i sure do remember it there, and of course we have uh connor the cyberpunk monk besh but yes like there, there's something to be said about newer commentary in video games like i'm not sure if it's better because there's that where where it would like awkwardly put in names but at least you had more variation of commentary. And now they just use like a lot of canned commentary. Uh, so they'll be like, oh, the Chicago Bears have done this. And they'll just repeat the same lines for like every game. So okay. last, in like, in like two last... years, it'll be AI. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm almost looking forward to that. That last uh, Fighty Boy game that you played on your stream had really bad uh, reusing of audio lines like oh. the entire time through horrible oh, they always yeah it's it's been that way since the mid-2000s anyway uh what games have you played this week aroa sonic oh wait where can we find you uh dot website perfect and you can find connor there as well uh and so what sonic frontiers i assume is what you've been playing yeah yeah how, how yeah. is that i've been i've been wanting to ask you about it because uh it came out and i know you love sonic I do. Um and I would say as a as a Sonic fan, you know, granted it depends on which kind of Sonic fan you are. But uh, as a general Sonic fan, I would give it so far in my 8 hours of playing probably like a 7. 7 out of 10, which so, is good. So so above average. Yeah. Okay, good. good. I, I'd say that it's so. I was expecting, I was expecting a four. So, like coming into it expecting that, and as you always expect with a Sonic game, I, yes and no. But like this particularly, like all of the the shit leading up to it, it looked like garbage, and everyone thought that it looked like garbage. And I guess this is just another case of. Sega did really bad marketing, and turns out the game's actually not so bad. It has flaws, absolutely. Um, first and, and foremost is the the camera. The camera is absolute dog shit. Um, 
particularly in in certain scenarios like there's a uh there's a mini boss where you have to run up one of its arms uh to get up to its head and sometimes the camera will just be on the other side of the boss while you're trying to do that and so your running direction will get all fucked uh and this will happen while you're trying to do some of the platforming out in the open world that happens very very often um like it's it's bad that the camera is uh it's not like the worst camera that the the sonic franchise has ever had it's not sonic 06 but um yeah camera's awful uh the controls are a little weird sometimes uh really only whenever you're trying to do anything like super precise which the game does not demand a lot of precision under most circumstances but uh if you try to do any small movements uh it can be difficult um but otherwise it feels pretty good to play uh i like the open worldness of it i don't think that it's a bad transition into open world uh the thing I think they fucked up on most with the marketing was showing the open world in a very early state. Uh, and I don't even mean that by like early state and development, like as you make progress through the world, there are more of those open area platforming segments that just kind of appear uh, because they're really meant to be stuff that you either run into while you're out running around or they're used as a supplement to or i guess more of a a uh, what do you call it I, they're a replacement I... for fast travel oh okay okay substitute that's it yeah uh they so there is no no fast travel and the map is genuinely pretty big and while sonic is fast uh not not anywhere near as fast as you would need to be to uh, get from from one end of the map to the other in any reasonable length of time without having these uh, rails and bounce pads and stuff to speed you along. It's quite nice. That's good. Uh, I, I think it's pretty elegant. And the uh, the platforming slash traditional Sonic levels, I think, are implemented rather well, um, at least so far there hasn't been one that's been more than like three minutes long. And usually they're, they're like two minutes tops. Um, and I, I think that's a really cool way of doing it. They're, they're very trimmed down. Uh, there's not like a lot of, there's not a lot of, of like intense platforming. It's just kind of figuring out the right path to go down to get an S rank. And then also finding all of the, the red, rings which are basically like the yoshi coins from super mario world um you if you get those you get an s rank and you finish the stage with like 100 rings or something like that uh and then there's usually some other goal but you do all those you get a bunch of of keys that you use to progress the game and i think it's a cool idea that like you don't necessarily have to finish each one of those to finish an area uh, so you can just kind of, if you don't do so well with one stage, you can go pick a different one. It's neat. Um, yeah. That's good. Also, the bosses are fucking great. Uh, oh, are they? They're not, not. They're not like they're not super difficult, 
by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but man, like it's just the right feeling of like power trip and cheesy, like <laughs> just cheesy fucking screamy metal music playing. And like it's it's just great. It's they they've they managed to recapture that same feeling of the first time that you fight perfect chaos or uh the the bio lizard in Sonic Adventure One and Two. Like they they grabbed that energy and replicated it rather well. So I'm I'm very pleased with how that works. Now don't and the story is weirdly dark. Hmm. I I was gonna ask you have you turned into supersonic yet? Yes, uh you do for every boss. Okay. So cool. the the way that the game is laid out is uh it, there are several open zones and I haven't I haven't even completed the second zone yet. Uh I'm like right there. Uh but it's obvious that like the the way it's going to work is you get all the chaos emeralds in one zone, you get taken to the next zone. Oops, you lost the Chaos Emeralds again. Now you got to go get them all again. Uh, and that that's that you just repeat that. But you you get all the Chaos Emeralds so that you can defeat the Titan on the island. And uh I think it's cool the way that it's done because they always start you off with uh a fight against the Titan as normal Sonic just to show how completely fucked Sonic is. And like it's re- it's really well done on the first one because you just bash your face into the titan over and over again and it does nothing and then the titan just fucking grabs sonic and chucks him through a bunch of pillars like it's it's straight up dragon ball z style shit and it's great uh so then whenever you come back as super sonic later and beat the fuck out of him it just it, it feels really good yeah, then you got to go grab the seven Dragon Balls and turn into mm. to the, your Super Saiyan mode. Right. Yeah. And but, but it it all feels great. I think I think the execution is a little flawed in that like I would have almost rather it it been like a uh like a uh, a Sora's Wrath sort of series of quick time events with Sonic doing really crazy shit, but what is there is still really really cool and satisfying i i would for for a sonic fan i think it's it's a very high recommend uh that said if you're a sonic fan who's like uh, sonic mania is the only good game since sonic 3 then um maybe not because it definitely just kind of throws most of that whole classic shit out the window yeah, and I think it's all the better for it. There are there are side scrolling stages and moments of side scrolling out in the open world, but you're still playing as modern Sonic through all of it, and I, I think that's a good thing. Obviously, um, the best Sonic game is Sonic 3D Blast for the Sega Genesis. Real talk, like no joke, it's that Sonic Kart Racer. Uh oh oh, <laughs> uh, transformed. Uh, Sonic, Sonic All Stars Racing Transformed. Yeah, that game yeah. has no business being as good as it is. It is really good. I yeah. will grant you that. Anyway, uh, did, did you you've been talking about Sonic for uh, ten minutes now? So yeah. uh, was I, there anything... I could go on. I know. No, 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 real talk. I saw the review that you did on Steam, and like, no joking, I was like, mad respect that it's a person who appreciates this franchise. Yeah, like, like I, I definitely see myself as a Sonic fan who is willing to 
accept that that the franchise has major flaws, but I love it for what it is. And yeah. like the this game completely captures everything that I like about the franchise and builds upon a lot of good ideas. I really do at least with the way that the story is playing out so far, it feels like they're trying to sort of redo the feeling that they that they had with uh, with Sonic 06 of trying to make a more grandiose and in serious plot, uh, but it isn't executed absolutely horrifically like it was in Sonic 06. Yeah, yeah, they're not making you make out with a, a human girl. Right. Yeah. Um, no, they're just making you like face uh, death and acceptance head on. And I, I, uh... <laughs> I will say with the Sonic 06, him making out with a, a human girl, that does speak to a very specific Sonic fan. It's uh, yes, that is true. Maybe they uh, spent way too much time on Deviant Art, and they're like, "We know what we're going for. <laughs> we know what I, our fans I would want." I would recommend that if you are on the fence about it, that you wait for it to go on sale. Yeah. Um, because it's definitely not something that I think like a casual non-Sonic fan is going to be as into. And it's probably not worth $60 for that person, but I feel very justified in spending $60 for it. Good. We're going to move on. Well, actually, first off, were there any other games you played or was it just Sonic? Uh, there's, there's, I have nothing else to talk about. Okay, cool. We're going to move on to Connor. Where can we find you? I do have one last Sonic question. Okay. And uh, it, it really decides whether or not I'm going to get this game, which is uh, at the Chow back. C- can I go back to the Chow Garden? No. Trash, garbage. There are there are these new things called Coco, which oh. uh, are very obviously supposed to be a sort of of replacement for those. But there is no like there's no like cocoa raising simulation or anything. They're they're a very important part of the story. Uh, and if you ever wanted to see Chow die on mass. Uh, that happens. In fact, I do. Well, that's that's uh that's an integral part of the story. So, good. I, I see. Like Sonic it. has gone the Dark Souls route. It like it, the the plot is very weirdly dark. Uh, but it's still like it doesn't go beyond like Saturday morning cartoon type shit. But it's still like, damn! I can't believe that they they went with this. I'm. I'm very happy. And then the games that I... Oh, uh, actually, the first thing is you could also find me on a Roadout website. One of those things you could check out is Clinton's Core Classic, Rise of the Rune Lords First Edition Actual Book Podcast. <sighs> That's a mouthful. Okay, the games that I've played this week are Cyberpunk 2077, which looks amazing, but is effectively a two-year-old game at this point. One thing I do want to mention, this game runs super well on Steam Deck, which I think is something I said last week. Weirdly and well, right? Like weirdly well and as of this last update like as like at, that they did this week i'm going from like you know a, a solid 30 sometimes dipping into the 25 frame for like to a solid 40 yeah it and... is weird how well this game runs on a game boy yeah they've oh. uh, they optimized it quite a bit which is great. i should mention um don't play it on steam deck don't play sonic on steam deck why not oh. it does not work um if you cap oh. it to 30 FPS, it's playable. But uh, if you leave it at 60 FPS, it will literally give you a seizure. Oh, good. Um, 
and it also crashes fairly regularly on on Steam Deck. On PC, it's been fine, but on Steam Deck, it has issues. So uh, that's unfortunate. Perhaps uh, with a future update, they'll have that fixed. Yeah, yeah, it is marked incompatible at the moment, but I'm sure that they'll do something with that. Well, thank you for that. Okay, so Cyberpunk 2077, you've been playing that on your Steam Deck, but do you also play that on your PC? Because I know you just built a new PC. I just, I mostly play it on the PC, and boy, is ray tracing beautiful. There's been more than one instance where I'm like, I'm going to go shoot that glass and jump into that building so I could use, oh, that's not, that's not a real room. That's just a really good reflection. Oh, gosh, darn it. Yeah. Which is a fun problem to have. Yeah, there, there are some really good things, and they've done a lot of optimizations on it. I remember uh, there's a scene where, I was looking at uh, like a carnival going on. Like there's a big Ferris wheel and stuff, and it's Another across. One. Yeah, and it's across a river. And I was flipping ray tracing off and on, and it looks so much better with ray tracing on. But at the time, because I was right as Cyberpunk 2077 came out, uh, it looked like you know it it would run at like maybe above sixty frames a second, barely. With ray tracing on, uh, but now I I imagine because we have the same graphics card, I imagine that it runs way better with ray tracing on now. Definitely, I can get a solid sixty frames per second, like unless I'm also watching something on my other screen or something like that, with without a problem. Yeah, I will say I'm not running like uh, uh how how do I want to say this? I have seen some places where it does give just like like it just it struggles. Yeah, not necessarily to rendering, but it's I don't think it's doing exactly what it's setting out to do. For example, if you're looking out like right into the the water, like nothing but you can see, but like God raising waves, sometimes it struggles with that. Like it thinks everything should be reflecting on you and it's just blinding. But that's the only time I've been unimpressed with it. Yeah. Now I need to, because we have the same graphics card, I need to get a 4090. That's that's how it works. And then your, your computer can get caught on fire and then. That's that's what happened to that one house that was like in your neighborhood that one time, right? They were trying to run cyberpunk, like yeah, with with God ray ray tracing levels. That's what happened. That's what why my it? that's why my park almost burned down. What is it with Nvidia releasing cards starting with four and setting houses on fire? I don't know. I remember way back in the day uh, when they were doing dual GPUs on AMD cards. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, "Man, that's, these cards are just taking up like way too much power. They they require two eight pin connectors just to power the card." And Whoa. now, and now Nvidia is like, uh, two. We we need four of them. Like, you need at least six hundred watts just to run this card. You need a special power adapter to get normal power supplies to be able to provide enough energy to make this card work. Yeah. Ignore that smoking and that burning smell. So how how is ray tracing with uh, Space Station 13? Uh, you know, I made that joke already. Uh, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's not there yet, unfortunately. It'd be, it'd be fun if it was. Played a little bit of that. I've also been playing Vampire Survivors. I just got the yellow sign, and I think I'm, like, just entering late game, it looks like. Good. This good, is a good, good game. Yeah, it is. Good game. Play this game. Everyone play this game. It is good, and it's only, like, three bucks. So it's worth it. Yeah, it's uh, we got it for free because of friend of the podcast, Earl Gray. Thank you, Earl Gray. And uh, I might like gift it to someone else who's just like, hey, you should play this. Just pay it forward, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a it's a good game for the price and it's a good game in general, but I think if it weren't for it being under $5, I don't think it would have taken off like it did. Uh mm. I, it, it kind I don't of know. Made, it's a good game. It is. It is. But if it were, it, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. What if, it is. If it were ten or fifteen dollars, I don't think that. I think people would look at it and be like, "Nah, I'm good." But with this... it being with it being three dollars, there were enough people that picked it up and be like, "Yeah, I can buy this for my friends." And then also that kind of just like, exploded it. Keep in mind, a lot of what makes the game as good as it is now was was added over time. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like it would not have worked as a ten dollar game whenever it came out. Ow, how much? I'd, absolutely. How much was Binding of Isaac when it first came out? Wasn't it like twelve bucks or something like that? It was like oh, 10. It was probably fifteen. Yeah. I mean, and look how much that exploded. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true. I'm not sure what the price was. It had a. Then. I think it, was it had 10. a bit of a pedigree behind it though, right? Sure. No. Yeah. No, that's fair. It had a name. Yeah, Edmund McMillan, the guy who created Super Meat Boy, made Binding of Isaac. So remember when we interviewed him? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we lost the interview? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And and that website. I'm I am And that that entire project. I'm 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 very upset about that. We're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about me and the games I played this week. If I can remember what games I played this week. I uh First off, you can find me, I'm uh, Reetin Everywhere, so R-E-E-T-I-N Everywhere uh, on Twitter, which, you know, Twitter's, we're going to talk about that later, and you can find me on Twitch Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. This Thursday and Friday, I will not be there on Twitch because I will be installing more computers. We got 40 more computers to install in another clinic. It'll be great, and by great, I mean it'll suck, but it'll be all right. So the games I played this week, Monday I, and Monday and Friday, I played some Overwatch 2. Uh, it's the only shooter I'm good at nowadays, and I, I am having fun with it. I don't, I've spoken about it before, I don't like the battle pass. I, I know I, Ash, one of our, our listeners slash, you know, Discord members, they don't like uh, loot crates. And they think battle passes are better. And I am the opposite. <laughs> I think that loot crates, while I hate loot crates, I prefer them over battle passes because I've already paid for the fucking game. Um, I paid for Overwatch 1. I shouldn't have to pay for it again. If that well, makes sense. So it, it, not to start on a debate on this, but the way that Overwatch specifically or well, Overwatch Two specifically implemented the battle pass. I think that's fucking horseshit. Uh, making you essentially buy content that you already had access to because they decided that they were just going to replace the entire first game because they knew no one would switch over to the new one. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. Uh, that said, I tend to be on the other side of that. I, I think battle passes are a much better implementation of having continued income for a developer for a live service slash multiplayer only game. Uh, I, I think, I, I think that they should just let me have access to all the stuff. If I'm paying for the game, I I, th- I think and that's, I that, that is, that is one thing like having a battle pass out the gate. I think it's kind of bullshit, mm-hmm. but I think doing a sort of seasonal 
sort of thing because i like what turned me around on it was dead by daylight mm -hmm. uh dead by daylight their battle pass uh the amount that you pay for it as long as you complete the battle pass by playing enough of the game then you will get as much premium currency as you would have gotten by just buying the currency so essentially you're you're paying for the option of playing to earn stuff that they've added to the game and like yeah i wish that they could just add more shit to the game and not make me pay more for it but that's not really how logistics works out. Yeah, yeah um, I, and I understand. I just don't like, like, I've already paid for Overwatch 1, and now I'm leveling up my Battle Pass, and they're like, oh, if you paid for Battle Pass, you could have these skins. And I'm like, yeah, but I should just get them anyway, because I've already gave you my money twice, because I bought it for the PS4 and the, and the PC. Well, and also, you don't it like they took away some characters right and like locked them behind microtransactions didn't they uh or like think, like no, gameplay it's gameplay, gameplay. you it's have gameplay. to yeah you have to grind out earning them again which that that is fucking stupid and i'm sure that buying premium currency in some way facilitates accelerating your progress in the game i'm sure that there's like an xp boost or something along those lines i yeah. don't know yeah it's but it's not my favorite but i'm i'm still I, having fun with the game yeah, it's just dumb to launch a game and then immediately go, hey, why don't you give us a little, just a little more on top of that just yeah. right now uh, for all this content that we already had made. We could have just given it to you, but we're going to put an extra price tag on top because go fuck yourself. And uh, another game I played this week was Mass Effect 2. I I beat Mass Effect Electric this year. Boogaloo. Yes, I beat Mass Effect 1 earlier this year and mass effect 2 is way better i was actually thinking about this last night um because you know i think about video games instead of you know other more important things but i was thinking about <laughs> Who it fucking cares man the world's on fire yeah so i was i was laying there in bed and i was like you know i played mass effect 1 this year and then i played mass effect 2 and it feels like mass effect 1 was pretty short it was like 20 it's like 20 to 25 hours it's a pretty short game uh and and one of my friends who was talking to me while i was playing mass effect 2 was like you beat mass effect in 20 hours and it, it, it it's got to be longer than that and i was like no like i did almost everything and it was like 20 hours long and mass yeah, effect that, 2 that game was basically a glorified passion project yeah yeah and so, like, I think that Mass Effect 1 was like, okay, here's a game we really want to make, but we don't have that much of a budget for it. I mean, they still had a big budget, but, uh, you know, they're like, we're going to make this game. It's going to be, like, it's going to be fun. We're going to see where it goes. And then Mass Effect 2 is, like, I don't know if, did EA own Bioware at that point? I think they did. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Mass Effect 2 feels like, Okay, EA went up and was like, "We need you made a shit ton of money with Mass Effect One. Make Mass Effect Two; it'll be great. Um, we're we're going to be hands off with this, and it it feels like the game that the developers wanted to make. And then it moves on to Mass Effect Three, where the publisher is like, "Hey, by the way, remember those loot box things and that DLC? Uh, we're gonna just shove that down people's throats." 
And so you can just kind of see like the level of developer interference in in each Mass Effect game. And then, of course, Mass Effect Andromeda came out and that was terrible <laughs> because, <laughs> because like that was at the time when EA was like, uh, we have this uh, Frostbite engine and we're going to force everyone to use it. Every one of our, our new projects are going to be on this shitty engine that we designed ourselves. So that way we don't have to pay licensing fees. And well, uh, those this, were the dark this engine, days. This engine that we designed for like... Trine? One, well, no, it was for like uh, fucking first person shooters and shit was what it was like mainly optimized for. And then like at the same time, EA was like, make it work for Madden. Yeah. And a third person RPG. Like Yeah. Yeah. They used it for it, everything. It, you know it's funny too with that is that that's literally what Capcom is doing right now, but it's working fantastically. Well, maybe their engine just isn't as crappy. Yeah, like like I'm assuming that, that Capcom saw that idea and were like, why don't we just do that but like make the engine good? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, I also want Love to apologize that. for not being here last week. I I was coming back from Montreal and I was stuck in the Washington D.C. airport for over twelve hours. Uh, and then, oh, because it's Washington D.C. Well, it, there was there was like a war happening outside. You yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what, no. It was it was just I my first flight got delayed from Washington D.C. I got put on another flight. And that got delayed by like nine hours or or by like six hours. Um, and so I was just stuck there for like 12 hours. And then I finally flew into Seattle. And then from I got there at like 2.30 a.m., went to the hotel room that the uh, United had to book me in because I was like, you guys messed up. You need to get me a freaking hotel room. And they got me a hotel room. So I went and slept there for about three and a half hours, showered. Went back to the airport and got home. And so by the time I got home, I was just exhausted. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And, and Connor messaged me about doing our, uh, our shadow run. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I literally had surgery for my gallbladder to be removed. And I streamed that night and it's, being stuck in an airport for 12 hours was worse than getting my gallbladder removed. In, in in terms of being tired and, and worn out. And I anyway. know what that feels like, and that's uh that's <laughs> goddamn. Well, I think my my gallbladder removal surgery was less intense than yours was. That could be. Yeah, I think yours was like we need to get out now. And mine was like, Yeah, eh, we could get it out. Uh so yeah, I had some organ necrosis going on there. Yeah, that's not so good. We're gonna move on, we're gonna talk about some stories. Um, man, I th I just realized that a couple of our stories. Oh nope, yeah, a couple of our stories involve uh, Elon Musk, but this one Go figure. kind of upsets me. The first one upsets me more than the the second one that we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, Starlink rose uh like it, it raised the prices of the service by twenty bucks. I think it's one hundred twenty dollars a month now. Uh, and that was a few months ago. So it went from $100 a month to $120 a month. And I was like, that's fine. And now they're adding data caps, which upsets me even more. Uh, this is from Engadget. 
it says here, as The Verge reports, the SpaceX-run satellite internet provider is instituting a one terabyte priority access monthly cap for data use between 7 a.m. and 11 p.m. beginning in December. Cross <laughs> that limit and you'll spend the rest of the month relegated to basic access that, like with some smartphone carriers, deprioritizes your data when the network is busy. You might not notice much of a difference in typical Typical situations, but this won't thrill you if you depend on a uh, sustained performance. Um, it says service can get expensive if you, if you insist on full performance around the dock. I'm sorry, dock clock. Uh, you'll pay 25 cents per gigabyte of priority data. So if you want to get full performance past that one terabyte cap, you can pay for it, but it's 25 cents per gigabyte of, of data uh the math doesn't quite add up it'll cost you another 250 dollars to get an extra terabyte of data it would be cheaper to add a second subscription at least if you don't mind the cost of an extra terminal um and then it says other users face tougher restrictions fixed business service has peaked hour caps ranging from 500 gigs to three terabytes with full uh, with full speed data costing $1 per gig. That's, that's a lot of money. That's fucking stupid. I'm trying to find what basic access means. I I uh, am curious. I, I, I am assuming it's going to be like 10 megs of, like 10 megs down or something like that. Because right now it runs at about 100 to 200 megs. So your expected service, so they, they have uh, they have two different setups. You can have a fixed service plan or mobile service plan. Um, fixed service plan uh, is for you have a satellite like on the on the side of your building uh, or RV or whatever. Yeah. Um, your expected download speed for a standard plan is 20 to 100 megabit per second, five to 15 up a uh, business plan, 40 to 220 down eight to 25 up uh, RV slash best effort is five to 50 megabit and two to 10, uh, uh, five to 50 down and two to 10 up yeah. uh, is your, your expectations. Um, and then mobile, uh generally the same uh just you're gonna have increased latency yeah uh so I... but they that that's all priority they don't seem to specify what basic, basic means it, Do they have i could imagine that? i could imagine the deal being like you can't watch the youtube video that shows you how to do cpr but you can go on Twitter and view verified accounts. <laughs> we'll talk about that that at the end. Um, yeah, and I could it see them pulling us... some shit like that, though. And I even went to the Verge article. It doesn't say anything about the basic access data. It just says deprioritized data. Um, so I'm not sure. I still think there are certain situations where Starlink makes a lot of a lot of sense. But I don't like that they started out with no data cap and now are implementing a data cap. I think that's it's, bullshit. I like I think it's, cool as like a mesh net, but we're never going to see that happen because that wouldn't be profitable. Did you know 
that Italy literally has that as like I a did. community thing? Yeah, because it's a super good idea. Yeah. They have what as a community thing? A mesh net? Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a whole community of people who have like this shared Wi-Fi network across like a huge area. It's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Uh, uh, there's there's a there's a board in one of my security cameras that I was taking apart, and it had the logo for that on there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can encrypt all your data and secure still, but like you could be anywhere. I don't remember exactly where the city is to be honest, but. If you're in the right place, you always have access to the internet. That's secure enough. That's awesome. And so at the very end here, which is something for me to complain about Musk, uh, it says, The decision to cap users comes as SpaceX has called for government help to fund Starlink service in Ukraine as a, at a claimed cost of nearly $400 million per year. I hate that. Um, and the reason is, I don't know if if the government is going to help Starlink with that $400 million per year. But I remember, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year, where Musk called for an end to all government subsidies. (laughs) I I don't know if any of you remember that, but he said, oh, I don't think that the government should subsidize anything. I think we should end all subsidies. But yet he built all of his companies by government subsidies. Tesla would not have been profitable unless it was unless it were for government subsidies. Well, that's yeah. just it's the common mindset of uh, no one else should get a benefit yeah. but me. Yeah, yeah, socialism you know? for us, uh individualism for everyone else. Uh I I want to say I found at least some indication, the only indication so far of what basic access means. So RV and best effort surface pl- service plans are permanently basic access. So it's with your RV plan or best effort plan, uh, it doesn't really matter uh, for those people. You're just always on basic access, which means you just get whatever you get. Uh, and that's, so and that's, technically, that's... that should mean they're not even subject to this. Yeah. Uh, for all other service plans, users are bitrate limited to one megabit per second symmetrical. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Waiting for that gift to finish loading. That's fucking. That's the, I think that's what. Um, I think that's what. Uh, shit. Most that's what shit. Most is. mobile. Car- I think that's what most mobile carriers do whenever you run out of data. I know that's what uh, consumer cellular does. If you manage to use all the data that you are that you can pay for, uh, they just they just cut you down to one megabit per second. I had that happen one time before they raised their their data caps. Yeah, yeah. They I I forget what it was. I remember it used to be worse. A lot of carriers used to cut you down to like two hundred fifty kilobytes a second. So, uh, I'm I'm happy that they are at least a little bit better now with a megabit, but I, I don't but know. I, I haven't worked at consumer kilobits. for kilobits. Sorry, not kilobytes. Yeah. 250 kilobytes would be twice as fast. Yeah. I was thinking about that and I always get like, I, I do this for a living and I still, my brain is like, I can't tell the difference sometimes between kilobit and kilobyte. Anyway. And then there's kibby bits. 
Yep. Yep. Which is why is that a thing? Why is Microsoft so stupid? I I don't know. And so I haven't worked there for gosh, it's been a long time. Like eight years now. Seven seven, eight years that I haven't worked at Consumer Cellular. It's great. So uh we're gonna move on to our next story, which is talking about Facebook. Uh, apparently Elon Musk um Elon Musk. Sorry, I get my uh, evil overlords <laughs> confused. Mark Zuckerberg wrote, Today I'm sharing some of the most difficult changes that we've made in Meta's history, Facebook's history. Uh, and then it continues to say, I want to take accountability for these decisions and how far we've got here. Uh, or, and I'm sorry, how we got here. I know this is tough for everyone, and I'm especially sorry to those impacted. And so basically he wrote a letter saying, hey, uh, we're struggling as a company. These are decisions that I made. Um, I'm taking accountability, and by taking accountability means <laughs> I'm taking away 11,000 people's jobs. I'm firing 11,000 people for my fuck-up. I fucking hate that shit so much. Like, it's it's all right. World. I'm going to take accountability by ruining other people's lives even more than I already have. Yep. Um. This is from TechSpot. It says Meta's value has fallen by around half a trillion dollars. Wow. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, try closer to like I think seven hundred million. Seven hundred million now. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. At the time of this article, it was half a trillion. It must have, but that that number must have increased over the last twelve months. I wonder if uh if them letting eleven thousand people go has affected their stock. Oh. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe it's actually gone back up since I heard the the seven hundred million dollar. Maybe net income in quarter three was down fifty two percent to four point four billion, lower than analysts estimated of five billion. While revenue was down four percent to twenty seven point seven one billion, investors have looked on with concern as the social media giant pours more billions into Reality Labs the division responsible for its metaverse ambitions, all of which led to rumors of major job cuts. By the way, um, yeah, I think that metaverse thing is stupid. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going so well. They it, added legs. Yeah, I, I, I think I've been seeing ads on, on YouTube for the metaverse. I, and I'm, they're like, what is the metaverse? And I always skip the ad. <laughs> um, but I, have you ever wanted to look down and see your own legs? Yeah, now with Meta, you can. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know what? VR Chat had that several years ago, and I, instead, I can look down and see a big set of rocket anime tits. <laughs> I would um, much rather have that. Facebook, what are you doing? Notes Zuckerberg. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't understand. Why they're, I mean, I do understand why they're letting 11,000 people go. It's because they're a shitty company and they don't, they don't want to make the higher ups take a pay cut while they figure everything out. Um, you know, that's what Nintendo did when the Wii U was failing is the executives were like, hey, this is our screw up. This is our, we're the ones who made these business decisions. And so what we're doing is we're taking a pay cut. So that way we don't have to let anybody go. And say what you want about Nintendo and and being a weird company sometimes, that was a really good move by all the executives involved. Uh, and a lot of Japanese companies do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually treat their, their employees with respect and they, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I know that one of the executives came out and was like, we did that because we didn't want to stifle creativity. We didn't want people to come into work in fear that they were going to lose their job. So we wanted it to be a good place to work. And we knew that eventually we we're going to turn this around. So we took a pay cut so that we didn't have to make them worry about it. And that was really good. And we, I think we spoke about it at the time. Like an American company would not do that. They'd be like, man, this no. was really our fault. And because it's I, our fault, I think fault, I've only heard of guys. that ever happening one time. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a, they, they, they were taking like a dollar salary or something for the whole year as a result of it or some bullshit, which like, I, I think Donald Trump did that too. That's... But it's like, they have so many other revenue streams that doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, I think my former employer, who I'm not going to name here, because fuck that place, um, they they didn't do that, or they they did do that. Like some of the executives started taking like no income for that year during the the start of the pandemic, uh, but then they got like nine million in PPP loans forgiven. So yeah, yeah, good for them. It does say. Uh, here at the end of this article, Zuckerberg is taking much of the blame for the decision, noting that the tech boom brought about by the pand pandemic has not lasted the way he expected. And quote, at the start of COVID, the world rapidly moved online and the surge of e-commerce led to outsized revenue growth. Many people predicted this would be a permanent acceleration that would continue even as the, after the pandemic ended. I did too. So I made the decision to significantly increase our investments. Unfortunately, this did not play out the way I expected. Not only has online commerce returned to prior trends, but the macroeconomic downturn, increased competition, and ads signal loss have caused our revenue to be much lower than I'd expected. I got this wrong, and I take responsibility for that by letting 11,000 people go. Like, uh, And also, like, what a fucking idiot. And yeah. every other fucking idiot who thought that the, the market was somehow going to continue at pandemic levels after the pandemic subsided. Like, why would it? Why why would that happen? Well, you think everyone's just going to go, oh man, sitting inside all fucking day long is great. I'm just going to do this forever. Like, no, only I did that. Yeah, on the, only the three people in this room <laughs> did that. <laughs> I, but I, I was already just sitting at home inside all day long. Like, Everyone else fucking went back outside before the pandemic was over. So, yeah. like, no, that's not going to happen. And, like, because the same, th the same shit happened with a lot of other tech companies, like Zuck said. Fucking, because I've, I've been watching uh, videos from uh, fucking, you know, the gra they do graphics card and case reviews and shit. Gamers Nexus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Steve on there has talked about how, like, it's pretty obvious that a lot of graphics card and, and other PC hardware manufacturers ramped up uh, thinking that, like, oh, man, people are just going to keep buying graphics cards and motherboards and shit, like, out the ass. And, yeah. like, well, what do you know? <laughs> like, as the pandemic has has ramped down, no one's doing that anymore because they're going back to living a normal life. Uh, and they have to go to work now instead of sitting in front of their computer all day long. 
Yeah, like, I, I, I do want to, I do want to read one last, one last thing here. Uh, it's in the middle of the article, but you are correct. The, the, I, I think Nvidia did that, right? Nvidia came out and said, "Oh yeah, this wasn't like once the the GPU trend like uh, crypto died, and now there's tons of GPUs available." To the point where even Connor was able to buy a GPU. Even I could get one. <laughs> even, even Connor could get one. And, I mean, that's great that we have access to it, but then they've, NVIDIA has come out and been like, oh, we need to ramp down production. We need to make it so that the next cards are more limited uh, for how much is available, which is really, really crappy. Really crappy for, for everyone. Uh, but the I, I want to give... A little bit of credit to Facebook before we, you know, con considering this whole segment is us shitting on them. Uh, it says Meta is giving its laid off employees in the U.S. 16 weeks of severance pay along with two additional weeks for every year of service without a cap. The company will also cover their health insurance for six months and offer RSU vesting. Don't know what the fuck that is. Um, career services, remaining pain type, paid time off and immigration support for staff with visas. So at least there is that, that they are offering 16 weeks plus two weeks for every year of service of a severance cap, and they're paying out all of their PTO that was available to them. So, I mean, those, those are pretty good things to do when you're letting people go. Instead of, uh, I'm sure you've both worked at places where they're like, oh, you're fired. And we're like, oh, what severance package do we get? And they're like, Jack and shit. That's what your severance package is. So now uh, I, I have this crazy radical idea. Why don't we hold the CEOs accountable? Why don't why don't we do what they do in the Japan land? Uh, because uh, they won't. Because the 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 companies own the government. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's that's what that book warned me about that one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nineteen eighty. 19, 19 degrees too hot. Seven, uh, uh fucking Fahrenheit. Nine eleven. Yeah. To to be to be fair, if I were still working at Facebook right now and I got let go and I got six four months of severance pay, uh, I think I would be okay with it. Plus, with severance pay, by the way, you can still qualify for unemployment. Nathan, be like, I'm gonna stream full time for. A quarter of a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see how much I grow. How am I losing followers? Now, <laughs> before we proceed, I do have one question for you, Nathan. How does it feel to technically, just technically, you know, maybe there's a correlation that ever since you left that company, it sure has gone downhill rapidly. Uh -huh. Not that it wasn't already on that, you know, that downward slope, but how does it feel? Does it feel like you got off a sinking ship? Um. I mean, I was only there for for like nine months, so I can't. I don't know. You, to be fair, when I was there, everything was was pretty great. Like I, all the people I worked with were great. Um, my job was amazingly easy. It was it was good. It was it was good working there, and I I had fun. I don't think that actually Facebook is a terrible place to work. I just think that the corporate environment doesn't it doesn't fit well with a lot of people and you know and, on the bright side 
I do hear that there's about 11,000 new openings. <laughs> no, no, there are not. Uh, I and that's then how that works. I, I got a, uh, I got an email yesterday or a LinkedIn message yesterday with somebody who was like, Hey, we have this job opening. Would you be interested and to hear about it? I'm like, I'm only interested if it's like 100% remote. And the guy messaged me back and told me about the job. And then he asked me, it, it was for my previous company that I got fired from. And he's like, mm. what was your experience working at this place? And I just like laid into him, <laughs> not him, but into the company. And uh, the guy was like, wow, that bad, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, to, to be fair to him, he uh, he messaged back and he was like, okay, well, I understand that that place is an awful place to work, but uh, if you want, I can give you opportunities for other places. So that was nice, but I'm not currently looking for a job. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about uh, something that Connor brought up. Apparently, video games are very expensive. Yeah, I I had mentioned this to Aroa. I think it was two weeks ago we had done just a, a brief diatribe about this, that yeah. uh, video games are starting to get up in price, and it sure does seem like there's this negative downward trend of them not being very good or, uh, you know, complete. And it was just something that was on my mind, and I happened to see an article, this is from thegamer.com, that kind of expressed exactly what I was thinking, which is, is there, how do I say this, is it acceptable that games are going to be getting more expensive if they're going to end up being less complete? I mean, I, I assume that the reason why is that the companies think we'll pay for it and there are people who are going to pay the $70 per game. I remember when back in my day when it went from $50 to $60 for games and and I complained about it but you know at the time we I think we all did. Stop, yeah, we all complained about it and then we all just kind of started paying $60 per game and now it's going yep. up to $70 and Realistically, I haven't seen that many games that are actually going on sale new for seventy dollars. Uh, the it's... Last of Us Two did, which is it's hard to pay seventy dollars for a remake. Yeah, uh, Modern Warfare I think is eighty dollars at release, which if I guess if you're into that sort of thing, good, good, good on you. And I'm just not going to pay for it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pay my. My ten or fifteen dollars a month for Game Pass. Play all my games on there. Uh, right. Gotham Knights is another one that the article brings up, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you guys are very familiar with the disaster that that release has been. But it's it's not a done game. It doesn't feel finished. No. Well, it's because it's it's meant to be a quote unquote live service, uh, which comes back to kind of one of the one of the first things that we that we mentioned here. That uh, like that they're they're kind of made to make money and not do much else in a lot of cases. Yeah. Hence the inclusion of a of a battle pass and or microtransactions in every major AAA game, especially those that are listed as live service experiences. And like that, because my understanding is that Gotham Knights essentially has a bunch of like procedurally generated missions that are no more in-depth than the procedurally generated missions in Fallout 4. So, 
like i i don't know why anyone would want to do that but apparently uh warner brothers did or i thought that there would be people who would do that was it preston and... garvey in Fallout yeah, 4? That was yeah. yeah. I, 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 I want that to be modded into the game where you go somewhere and it's Preston Garvey that's like, and a base is under attack. <laughs> no settlers who need your help. <laughs> who are you? Why are you here? Uh, <laughs> they just copy-pasted me into the game. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, but I think you're right. It's, it's an especially damning thing that like games continue to rise in price and supposed production value because that's that's been the reason right that that has been given by a lot of of executives is that well games are becoming more expensive to make they've been really expensive to make for a while because everyone wants these super high production values and and shiny graphics and all that shit in you know in, in spite of the fact that uh we just got done talking about how one of the best games on steam was made in electron and runs in a, an embedded chrome browser and is just sprites that were bought off an asset store oh yeah my God. no it, people Let's... absolutely demand uh high quality graphics and and all that good shit Listen, you know? if i could play space station 13 with rtx you know i would <laughs> i i can't I... I... I, I'm just going to point out in the top sellers on Steam right now, uh, one of them is RimWorld, which, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you know, it's a it's... 2D game. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I always wonder about those developers, like the guy who made the, the people who made Among Us or Vampire Survivors and how they kind of released a game that and and I assume they released the game being like oh this is a fun game I'd like to release it maybe make my investment back and then they just blow up and they're like the fuck happened <laughs> yeah v- vampire survivors cuz I, I was reading one of the dev blogs literally made over the course of a weekend just to get familiar with developing an electron that was <laughs> That's it great That's amazing <laughs> and they're like we're so... going to release this so this whole fucking excuse of of games just cost so much and everyone wants so much out of it it's it's horseshit. What people want are good games that are actually fucking finished whenever they come out. And yeah. now we have we have even Nintendo that, as far as I'm concerned, is also guilty of this time and time again of releasing a game that just isn't fucking done, and then demanding that you throw more money at it later to complete the experience cough cough animal crossing new horizons cough like yeah. it hurts not it's been too soon <laughs> so but like i mean the, i think there's a place for both of them right i think there's a place for the super high production like i really liked uh spider-man when that came out super yeah. high production probably cost them a lot of money to make but there are a lot of games that are coming out that like the Final Fantasy VII remake they mention here. No, like when people were saying they wanted a remake of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> they weren't like, oh man, we want Final you Fantasy VII. You wanted the VII. Kingdom Hearts version of Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's not what we wanted. We just wanted a remake of Final Fantasy VII, like maybe with some cut, like better cutscenes, old, like the, the gameplay being very similar to the original. And they're like, no, we we know better than what you fans actually want. But what if Cloud and Jesse had a secret relationship that's really integral to the story? Who's Jesse? uh, The 
Uh, is that her name? Jesse Eisenberg. Companion? You know, no, not Jesse Eisenberg. The <laughs> is it? Oh wait, is, is it... that Wedge? Am I thinking of Wedge? No, I'm not. Thinking... Wedge is the fat guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the lady, the lady who gets her leg caught. T- I, Tifa. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. You I, Google I thought... this. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you're correct. I just don't remember said character, and that I've might never be. Never played Final Fantasy VII. I know, and that might be. Uh, what you're referencing is that I have no idea who that character was. No, her name is Jesse Raspberry. Fuck you guys. I was right. No, I wasn't I, saying you were wrong. I, I wasn't trying to say anything other yeah. than just intentional I'm gaslighting from both of you. How dare you? <laughs> I wasn't gaslighting you at all. I just don't know who I, the I know, Jesse is. I, she's, she's, I don't she, think Final Fantasy VII is a real game. Time. I'm sorry. Go on, Connor. Uh, no, that that's that's the end of the thought. We should finish this. The, Final the, Fantasy the, the Seven whole, isn't real. That's the, the whole point. point of this is this character who can blow up at the beginning of the first mission because their leg gets stuck, and you can never see him again. We didn't need to know the deep story between them and Cloud. No. They're missing the point with the remake, and they're charging you for installments for it because what are they doing? One out of four games with this? Yeah, yeah. So well, they said at least four, probably probably more. And I am. I will be getting the game. I will be getting the Final Fantasy VII Remake when it is fully released. I will be 87 years old. I was going to say, uh, you're going to get that right around the time that you get, uh, you, you finally get to play the finished version. Of Star of Citizen. S- Star Citizen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One, it, they're in a competition to see who can release first. And uh, <laughs> so far, I'm, I'm leading into Star Citizen. Uh, <laughs> we're finally, to... something to play after Half-Life 3. Yes, exactly. Uh, so our final story is another uh, another story about uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. So Twitter's dumb. I don't know. I, I know I, I actually did listen to the full podcast that you guys did uh, on the plane ride. Uh, I'm back, sorry. Back from Yeah, from Why Montreal. did you listen to that? Uh, because because I have to. I have to get those download numbers. And One view. <laughs> You're the one, one. The one. I'm the one. So they created so so for the longest time Twitter has had verification, right? So if you're like Patrick Stewart, you can get you can be like, "Hey, I'm Patrick Stewart. Verify my account." I'm and Patrick that, Stewart. And that shows when when he comments on something. I don't know if Patrick Stewart even has a Twitter, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So when he comments he, on he something, posts his dog and stuff. Oh, that's please good. watch the please watch the new Star Trek, please. Yeah, I need money to feed my doggy. Mm, well, dogs are cute. So he, <laughs> you know, if he comments on something, you can be like, "Oh, that's actually Patrick Stewart." And then if somebody else has Patrick Stewart's picture but doesn't have the little check mark next to it, you know, hey, that's not Sir Patrick Stewart. That might be Patrick be, uh, Stewart. That... Please eat my ass. <laughs> yeah. That... That might be evil reality, Patrick Stewart, who Maybe. arrived here on a transporter. Mi- but mirror. without that check mark, you never know. Yeah, mirror. That's mirror, mirror Pat too. But they, well, they by they I mean I mean Elon Musk has decided uh, that that verification mark should also be paid for. So I think originally it was it was if you want to be verified, you have to pay eight dollars a month. <laughs> And then no, it, twenty a month originally. Uh, well, yes. Well, it that was, was the rumors. Yeah. Well, he said it. He said he? twenty a month. I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought it was rumor. just rumors. It was no. originally twenty, and somebody famous posted him and was like, "Really, Elon twenty? I, I think it was Stephen King or something. It was Stephen and he's King. Like, 
And he's like, oh. okay, how about eight? And eight's just been the number that stuck. Yeah. And so I think, and then it morphed. And so that it was going to be $8 a month to have verification. And then it morphed into, if you're already verified, if you're a, if you're like a celebrity or well-known figure, it's like the normal verification. So you get the check mark. But if you want, ver if you pay $8 a month, you can get the verification check mark anyway. So now it is, people are creating parody accounts and like well, tanking prices of the stock were. market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. And that's <laughs> what this story is about. Yeah. Um, they, so they have, they, they have since because of that, because people are creating parody accounts. I think mainly it was hurting Musk's ego because people are creating par parody accounts of Elon Musk and making fun of him. With the verification check? Fucking, I think it was Doja Cat. Yeah. Doja Cat lost the ability to change her name. And mm. it, she was like Christmas. Christmas. Yep, she Christmas. was just Merry Christmas. She was like, she tweeted at Elon Musk. and was like, please, I don't want to be Christmas forever. And then he <laughs> unlocked her account and she immediately changed it to Elon Musk. That is great. That's so good. That is <laughs> so good. That's amazing. So, um... They they created a the, this was bad this was a bad thing and it and it was exactly as we would have predicted right like people were going to do stupid things with a check mark because that's what people on Twitter do. You're on the internet. You should know better. And so my my brain because I have two brain cells to rub together, unlike Elon Musk apparently, was like, why don't you just make him a different color, like. Make the <laughs> make the verified accounts that are like celebrities to be blue, and then have the other ones be a green check mark. No, Boom. no, we're gonna make the we're gonna make the real ones a dark gray color, and make the the paid for ones a big bright blue one that looks like the one that everyone's used to. Oh, perfect. That sounds good. But then they they decided. No, that's what they did. Oh, is that mm -hmm. what they did? They did that for like a day. <sighs> They, why, 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 why? And then they changed it to where you had to click on the check mark to determine whether or not it was a real verified account or, or if it was just one that somebody paid for. But right. otherwise, the check mark looked exactly the same. In addition, uh, do, do either of you want to do this by chance before I like, say, for example, I wanted my uh, my hit podcast, Clinton Score Classics Rise of the Rouge Lords to be verified. And uh, say I was on a Android device and I wanted to do that. Well, that sucks. Can't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It it's only Apple. on iOS. Yeah. Apparently, Twitter fired their Android guy when uh. they were doing a whole bunch of layoffs two weeks ago. And now they're, they, yeah, they, they, when there were rumors that were saying that Elon Musk was going to fire 75% of the Twitter staff. And he's like, no, it's only 50%. What and, an asshole. Yeah. What an asshole. And then started well, he, charging people. He fucking. Oh, he said he said that he he the first thing that he wanted to do whenever he got in charge was make sure that all the employees actually existed. What? But of of, of course they exist. Yeah, I don't Much I don't asshole. even know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Like he said he wanted to make sure there weren't any ghost employees that were just making money without actually doing anything or or, or doing it or being at work. And that was that was also why he like made everybody come back into the office. 
was a, otherwise they could just sit at home and and not be working. And it's like that's what your fucking managed manager staff is for. You know like, what, what are you talking about? I I I I don't say this at work, but that's exactly what I do. Well, I mean, that's what I do at home too, but that's because there's nothing to fucking do. Like I'm at the office now, and you know what I do most of the day? Nothing. Because there's nothing to fucking do. Sometimes there's just nothing to fucking do. Like, and especially for a lot of a lot of these tech companies, like you're probably sitting there waiting for code to like compile or yeah. fucking yeah. upload and shit. Like, who uh, knows? When when <laughs> I worked when I worked at Facebook for, you know, the eight, nine months I was there, uh I I would do I, I was pushing myself really hard because I was like, I want to be a full time employee. Like if if I'm going to work for an evil corporation, I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to at least get as much money out of them as I can. And so I was apl- I was applying myself quite a bit. And my manager was like, man, you are like in the top. You're in like the 90th percentile for like tickets done out of the whole company. Like you're doing great. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, all right, fantastic. And then they told me my contract was ending. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to slack off now. <laughs> <laughs> And so I had another meeting with my my manager, like, you know, two or three weeks afterwards. And I was like, so how am I doing to my tickets? And he said, oh, you're doing great. You're uh, you're still, you know, you're you're over the average. So you're, you're still getting stuff done. You're still doing better than the average on on tickets done. And I was like, great, because I am slacking off like I am not applying myself at all. And like, I'll do a ticket and then I'll take like a 20 minute nap. And then I'll come back and do another <laughs> ticket. And my my manager was like, good, that's what you should do. We're not going to hire you full time, so don't push yourself. And I was like, man, yeah. my manager was awesome. And, like, I get it. When when you are working at home, like, you're, you're, you are more likely to get distracted with other stuff. But they've done studies, and it's not like they're any less productive. You're just not doing shit at your house in your PJs as opposed to doing stuff with pants on on site or not doing stuff yeah. with your pants on on site. Like it's, and for me, and I don't know about for you, Aroa, but I hate commuting. I, oh yeah. I, I hate waking up in the morning every day knowing, okay, I got to wake up like an hour early so I can get ready for work and drive to work. Uh, and it sucks. And I'm just happy that I don't have to do that. I know Connor does have to be on site. Uh, how does yeah. that does that suck? Uh, the the commute is the least favorite part of my job. Yeah, and uh, you know that and being in a hospital during a pandemic in general kind of sucks. Like, I get why my job can't be remote mm-hmm. because a lot of the stuff I do is like the physical layer. But it sure would be cool. We did it, it for a very good. short period. We kind of tried it out, and it was nice. Like. Half the team would be remote, half would be on site. I'd wake up like five minutes before my shift. I'd pull my laptop out of my work bag. I'd open it up. I'd get on Teams, and I'd just go back to bed and wait for someone to ping me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's fucking great being able to wake up like 30 to 45 minutes later than normal because there's no commute involved. Mm-hmm. I thankfully, thankfully with my current job, because my office, because I'm remote technically, so my office is my house. And so my boss is he allows me to clock in 
and then drive to the office. Which is so cool. Yeah, so that would I, be a big game changer. Yeah, so I I clock in at eight, which is my time to you know do my job, and then I'll you know I'll check on tickets, make sure there's nothing urgent happening, and then I'll drive to work. And he's even said we're moving buildings, and he's even said I can continue to do that. Um, and I only have to go into the office once a week, so that, I mean I don't I don't know about your state, but if you're using your personal vehicle to drive between office locations, then at least in, in my state, like you're legally entitled to reimbursement anyway. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, when I drive into the office, I don't like with the, the one day a week I drive into the office, I don't get mileage for that. Um, yeah. but like if I'm going like next week, I'm going up to Beaverton to, to work on the clinic up there. Yeah. yeah and you, and you I get paid for that. I'm getting a ton. I get mileage. I get overtime. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, last month, I think it was last month. I got 30 hours of overtime on a paycheck, which was really, really nice. So it's a nice paycheck. I was very happy about that. But, uh, Twitter sucks now. Go, and... uh, go steal some insulin from that major CVS facility in Beaverton while you're there. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll put that on my little my my tracker. I'll just be like, yeah. okay, I got my to do list. To, uh, got to hook up at the, hook up these computers, meet up with some friends, steal some insulin. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah, going to do it. List. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Twitter sucks now. I mean, it's always sucked, but it seems like it's getting worse. And and I don't think Elon Musk went into this knowing what the fuck he was doing. No. And I was I was going to mention earlier uh, whenever we were talking about uh, fucking Skylink, Starlink. Yeah. Um, that it, it it's very much similar, I think, that Musk went into the whole Starlink concept going, just shoot satellites in space, satellite, give internet, give internet money. Yeah. And like, that's why they've suddenly had to implement data caps and all these performance limits and and all this shit like it's because the idea was only partially formulated and now he's just having to make shit up as he goes along and that that's like straight up what's happening here but it's just very much more obvious because it's all happening right here in the public eye because it's on twitter and also he's a dumbass and he just keeps tweeting every fucking thought that comes into his stupid fucking head he is... about what he wants to do with the company uh, it reminds me a little bit of Steve Jobs and how he would kind of have lofty ideas and then just expect people to implement them for him. Yeah. Uh, but Steve Jobs was more charismatic and, dare I say, less of a douchebag? Uh, in, in some ways, yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, at, least, at, at least he had enough business sense to like know when things were at least somewhat feasible and knew how to recover from a bad idea. Yeah. Like, but here it's just, it, fuck, I don't fire everyone. Yeah. Stupid. I, Why are you just all so stupid? I'm so smart. Give me $8. Well, just and, give it to me. And he was smart enough to be friends with Steve Wozniak. Yeah. Uh. Like, like he, he like, Jobs Jobs did a lot that like was actually smart, and Musk just does a lot that makes the money, and as of late loses the money. 
So I'm just you gonna don't, surround don't... myself with very smart people and take credit for it. And that oh no, you shouldn't put me in charge of the decision made. Oh no, all these decisions <laughs> I made. Look what's happening to my empire. That's it that's, was that's kind of the story. Yeah, it, it, it was better when he was more of the Steve Jobs type. So the, the yeah. like seven years ago, you know, when they're when they're talking about the Model Three coming out and you know, he was he was giving like those keynote speeches, and then that's all you heard from him, really. Um, it was better, and and then he was like, "Hey, Twitter's pretty cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get smoke I'm gonna get... some gank and yeah. fucking just shit all over the internet." So we will see what happens. You know what really happened was he 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 met Grimes, and and that ruined it. It's the woman's fault. Who? I agree, Kermit the Frog. I don't know who Grimes is. <laughs> I I know, I know Grimes as the person who dated Elon Musk, but I don't know Grimes away from that. She's a uh, musician, she... and she was in Cyberspunk, and yeah, she oh, makes okay. really shitty avant-garde music that people think is good, but it's just because they don't know what actually good avant-garde music is, and uh, she's like stupidly eccentric to the point that it annoys me. Like there's nothing I dislike about her. Like it's it's fine if you're an artist and you're not doing my thing, but I'm not particularly a fan of any of her work. So I am going I, to yeah. I'm going to read this her last paragraph. Just annoys me. Yeah, I'm going to uh, read this last paragraph and then we're done. It says yesterday more key executives fled Twitter in the midst of the failed Twitter Blue rollout, including Yol Yol Yoel Roth, Yoel Roth, Yolo Yolo Roth. Uh, the top executive is it, is it Yol? Yol. Is it like yeah. Joel, but but with a Y? It's Yol. Just a, it's the Swedish version of yeah of Joel. And he was managing Twitter integrity. <laughs> it was rumored that sales leader Robin Wheeler also resigned, but as of Thursday night, she tweeted that she's still there. Meanwhile, Musk continues tweeting that everything is fine and that Twitter users are logging on at rates hitting all times high, likely due to the spectacle. I I love that um, everyone is, is fleeing Twitter, and these are like the last days of the Soviet Union where all, they're all like going on TV, being like, "Everything's cool, everything's good. We're gonna air this ballet now. Just watch the ballet that we air every time something's fucked up." This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Yeah. That's okay. Things are going to be just okay. Yes. So, uh, I want to thank you for being here, uh, Mr. Aroa. Yeah. Th- thank you for being here, Mr. Mr. Cyberpunk Monk. That stupid asshole spent $44 billion on the bird <laughs> app and thinks he's going to get his money back. You know what lost $4 billion just from him buying it? Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, I'm your host, Nathan Reinsbruth. We'll be back uh, next week. I will be here next week. Thank you for uh, for being here. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. So uh, we watch anime.